0: No matter how you look at it, this application needs to be banned in the United States. It needs to be banned in our allies' uh, countries as well.
1: This is the Daily Signal podcast for Friday, March 17th. I'm Samantha Sherris, and that was Keith Kroc. He served as the Under Secretary of State for the Trump administration, and he's also the chairman of the Kroc Institute for Tech Diplomacy at Purdue. We discuss the TikTok CEO's upcoming testimony on Capitol Hill, some of the national security concerns surrounding the Chinese-owned app, and Chinese President Xi Jinping's upcoming visit to Moscow. We'll get to my conversation with Keith right after this. Americans use firearms to defend themselves between 500,000 and 2 million times every year. God forbid that my mother is ever faced with a scenario where she has to stop a threat to her life. But if she is, I hope politicians protected by professional armed security didn't strip her of the right to use the firearm she can handle most competently.
0: To watch the rest of Heritage expert Amy Swear's testimony on assault weapons before the House Judiciary Committee, head to the Heritage Foundation YouTube channel. There you'll find talks, events, and documentaries backed with the reputation of the nation's most broadly supported Public Policy Research Institute. Start watching now at heritage.org YouTube. And don't forget to subscribe and share.
1: Keith Kroc is joining today's show. Keith served as the Undersecretary of State for the Trump administration. He's also the chairman of the Kroc Institute for Tech Diplomacy at Purdue, Keith, thanks so much for joining me.
0: Samantha, it's great to be back. Thanks so much for having me.
1: Of course. Now, I just want to dive in right away and talk about what's happening less than a week from today. On March 23rd, the CEO of TikTok is set to testify before the House Energy and Commerce Committee. If you were in the position to ask the CEO of TikTok a question, what would you ask him?
0: Well, maybe the first thing I'd ask him is, are there members of the Communist Party uh, on your board? And the answer would be yes. You know, the other. I think the other questions I would ask them would be uh, around uh, China's National Security uh, Intelligence Act that requires any Chinese company, state-owned or otherwise, or any Chinese individual, to turn over any data, proprietary information, uh, anything of that sort, data, upon request of the Chinese Communist Party. And if you don't do that, you're gonna go to prison. Um, I would ask him about that.
1: And there is bipartisan support that I'm sure our audience is aware of, I know you're aware of, to ban TikTok. Government agencies have less than a month now to ban the app from federal devices while there is uh, legislation in Congress now. So can you walk us through some of the national security concerns surrounding TikTok that we're hearing about?
0: Yeah, I think the first one is around data itself. So uh, the way TikTok works is they can see any keystroke you make, whether you are uh, engaged in the app or not. So in essence, they have access to all your personal information. So that's a major security concern. The other is that TikTok uses it to spread uh you know the chinese message and their propaganda you know the analogy that that i always talked about as under secretary of state was you know tiktok's the ultimate of the one way china firewall where all the data comes in for their own use but none goes out and reciprocally all their propaganda goes out but the truth does not come in and so, you know, this is this is uh, symbolic of so many different companies uh, that uh, the Chinese Communist Party supports.
1: I wanted to also ask you, before we jump into China more broadly, I wanted to ask you about something that you recently launched, the Global Tech Security Commission. Uh, could you talk about that and, and some of its goals?
0: Yeah. So the overall goal that we're chartered with is to develop a global tech security strategy in essence for the free world. You know, what makes, what makes this commission unique is first of all, it's international in scope. So we have 15 uh, international uh, country commissioners that, um, that represent our closest technological allies. We also uh, have commissioners for each one of the 12 national security tech sectors. So experts in these particular areas. So for example, uh, for space, we have the former uh, longest serving director of NASA, Dan Golden, and then we also have about 20 um, strategy commissioners. Uh, and these are, these are people who are uh, really experts in their fields in things like export controls, investment screening, venture capital, all kinds of things. Um, and, and the thing that also makes it different is, you know, most past commissions in this area w- w- were about pointing out the problems. This is really about coming up with solutions, offensive strategies, defensive strategies, as well as force multipliers. So this is about uh, a year effort and, uh, and we've got tremendous bipartisan support support from the White House, support from the Commerce Department, the State Department. uh, And we also have uh, our honorary co-chairs that represents both sides of the aisle in terms of senators and congressmen, uh, five from each.
1: Thank you for talking more about that. I uh, have been following it on your Twitter, uh, the Global Tech Security Commission. If anyone is interested in looking more into that, uh, we can provide a link So, you can check that out. And just to talk more about China, uh, you know, more broadly, they just wrapped up their annual national people's congress earlier this week and i wanted to get your thoughts on some of the takeaways from the event Uh, chinese leader xi jinping unsurprisingly secured a third five-year term as the country's president and he also made a direct jab at the united states reportedly saying western countries led by the u.s have implemented all around containment encirclement and suppression against us Bringing unprecedentedly severe challenges to our country's development, Keith. What do you think of Xi's remarks?
0: Well, I think you know she, she's remarks are propaganda to his people. Uh, If you look at what she's been doing, he has been ramping up his aggression over the last few years. We really saw it accelerate during the COVID. uh, You know when COVID first hit. And now he has uh, unlimited power, and, and and more power than any dictator has ever had since 1945. And so you know he keeps you're trying to claim U.S. is the aggressor. It's not. It's China uh, is the aggressor. And now you can see he's really um, amping up things in terms of uh, the private sector in China. Um uh, with these golden shares where, you know, they have 1% of the company, but they in essence control the board. And they're really doing this in the in the financial sector and in the tech sector. Um and and I think, you know, the thing that, that I saw as I went around to 60 countries as we built up the Clean Network Alliance of Democracies to defeat China's 5G master plan is that citizens of the world have really woken up uh to uh, you know, what I call China's three Cs strategy of concealment, co-option, and coercion. And, you know, I think citizens of the world now know that the pandemic was a result of the concealment of the vi- virus. Citizens saw, you know, the, uh, the co-option of Hong Kong, how it eviscerated citizens' freedoms. And and now people are uh, realizing coer- coercion in Xinjiang is punishable mm-hmm. genocide. And they don't like it. So uh, you're seeing uh, government leaders around the world. You're seeing CEOs around the world standing up uh, to China and their, and their bullying tactics.
1: Yes, and also during the National People's Congress, General Li shang was appointed as the defense minister. And just for some context, uh, the Trump administration sanctioned Li as well as China's Equipment Development Department, uh, which Li was leading at the time in 2018 for buying Russian weapons. Now, as I mentioned, at the top of the interview, you served in the Trump administration. So what are your thoughts on Li being appointed to this position? Were you surprised by it at all?
0: I don't think I was surprised at it Mm -hmm. uh, one bit. Uh, He's close to she, and she has to control the military um, because you know one of the things that the biggest paranoia I think of she is regime preservation. So you've got to control the military. He also spends probably more on you know their own security. Uh, the Chinese Communist Party security then they even do the military but there's no doubt that uh they're in a pact with Russia um and there's no doubt that they're supplying all kinds of things um to Russia and you know that's one of the things that the president is really clamping down on mm-hmm. and and this is something that you know this is this is the axis of evil when you look at uh, China, Russia, North Korea, and Iran um, and these guys want to perpetuate uh, authoritarianism in not only in their own countries but you know China is exporting it around the world with their surveillance tools and their money and those kind of things mm-hmm
1: You brought up the military just then, and I wanted to also get your thoughts on uh, this announcement from China that they're planning to increase their military budget by 7.2%. That's about $225 billion. Um, What do you think this tells us about the Chinese Communist Party's future intentions?
0: Well, I think uh, it speaks for itself Mm
1: -hmm.
0: that, um, you know, these guys have been ramping this up for years and years and years, and they've also been ramping up their technology. You know, the country with the best technology wins the war, and that's the thing I think that's um, that, that's really concerning. And you know, the potential invasion of of Taiwan, which which is really uh, you know cornerstone of democracy, not just in. Uh, in the region, but all around the world. And to Xi, uh, what this does, it, it dispels his myth that the Chinese culture can only live under authoritarian rule, and he wants it destroyed. So what do we do from our end is, is the question. Well, we got to take off those rose-colored glasses and not treat uh, China how we hope they be, but truly how they are. And these guys uh, are a threat to freedom. Mm -hmm.
1: I know we talked earlier about what's happening next week in terms of the CEO of TikTok testifying here in the United States. But uh, over in Russia, uh, President Xi Jinping is expected to meet with Russian President Vladimir Putin. Um, He's also likely going to speak with Ukrainian President Zelensky next week as well. Um, What do you think Xi and Putin will be discussing? I know there's been reports that China could be supplying Russia with lethal aid. Do you think it could be related to that?
0: Absolutely. I mean, you know who knows what goes on behind those uh closed door mm-hmm. discussions but it but it's truly about you know how do we how do we build this alliance between China and Russia um you know they share a real big border um and and Putin needs uh so many different things from China and and not just weapons but clearly money you know he's getting she's getting uh bottom basement prices on oil uh from Russia. It's keeping these guys afloat. Um so yeah, they're they're collaborating and and for sure it's about you know supporting uh whatever she decides to do with Taiwan.
1: Yeah, Keith, just before we wrap up, I wanted to ask you if you had any final thoughts about what we talked about today or if there's anything that you want our audience to remember uh, coming out of this interview.
0: Well, I think one thing, um, you know, there's a law in the United States that uh, that uh, broadcast companies and this is with regard to TikTok, that broadcast companies cannot be owned uh, by foreign companies. And if you think of what TikTok is, it's a broadcast company. And no matter how you look at it, uh, this application needs to be banned in the United States. It needs to be banned in our allies' countries as well. And there's there's no way to separate uh, their data and parse it off, do the Chinese firewall. All that is a ruse. And so I'm really glad to see uh the action in Congress where, where this is a real bipartisan uh mm-hmm. effort. I mean this whole China issue is is the biggest bipartisan issue on Capitol Hill. And so I think this this is really critical. And I think you know one of the other the big thing that I'm seeing out here in Silicon Valley is the the CEOs have really woken up and they realize that they've got to put together a Chinese contingency plan. Uh, I penned an article in Fortune a few months ago that said, present your China contingency plan at the next board meeting because the most respected board members in America are demanding that from their CEOs because they know that their fiduciary duty, to their shareholders, is to mitigate risk. And this geopolitical risk that China is causing is right at the top of the list, equivalent to uh, you know, a cyber breach for these companies. And they all have plans on the wall. And so... We're seeing that. And that's one of the things that the Kroc Institute, we've been getting a lot of requests for uh, what's a China consistency plan look like? What's a checklist look like? And that's something we'll be releasing pretty soon.
1: Well, great, Keith. Thank you so much. I will definitely keep an eye out for that. I really appreciate you providing such great um, and valuable insight today on so many different topics. Um, We'd love to have you back on in the future. Thank you so much, uh, Keith Kroc, for joining us.
0: Always a pleasure, Samantha. Thanks so much.
1: And that'll do it for today's episode. Thank you for listening to my interview with Keith Kroc. If you haven't gotten a chance, make sure you subscribe to The Daily Signal wherever you get your podcasts and help us reach even more listeners by leaving a five-star rating and review. We read and appreciate all of your feedback. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day. And we'll be back with you all this afternoon for top news.